0: Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle.
1: We've got a fantastic show today in this Thanksgiving holiday week. Mitch Stein, Coach Mitch Stein, I am grateful that you are here
0: i'm grateful to be here
1: I, isn't it funny that in this week this is like the one week year where people focus on gratitude and the other 51 weeks of the year they're like i could care less f all these people
0: the right people do right <laughs> at least you got one week out of some people i did a mastermind yesterday when i was like what is everyone thankful for and just there was a scowling look on people's faces <laughs> um and you know i think that that that's one of the things like I try to do every morning is like start in gratitude. Right. I woke 100%. up. Uh, my children are all healthy. Uh, I have a roof over my head. Like sometimes uh, sometimes that's as far as you can get. Right. But at least if you get there.
1: <laughs> and, and, I, and I love that you start your day there. So guys, before we dive too deep, I want to frame up our conversation. I want to let you know who our guest host is, where we're going with this. Today we're talking about hyper local marketing why that's important, how to do it, what's going on. We have coach Mitch Stein here. Um, If he sits up really straight in his chair, you will notice this is a brokerage agnostic show. We got agents and brokers from all different brands. Okay. It's not an EXP show. It's not a KW show. It's not whatever. So every, we have every company represented here. Right. And that's what I love that we get diverse viewpoints. So this is something that Mitch and I started talking about months ago. We had this conversation and I found that he had a very, Similar viewpoint that I had in the world. So here's my viewpoint, Mitch. Let's we're going to frame it up here. I believe that if you're an agent watching this and you've been in the business for one year, five years, 10 years, doesn't matter, brand new, you have people that are coming for your clients. They rhyme with Billow, they rhyme with Builder.com. Right, they they look like Google and Amazon and Facebook. I didn't want to rhyme their names because they're listening anyway. But like, they are coming for your clients, and the only way you are possibly going to retain relevance in this industry is to own your relationships, and or to be hyper local. Mitch, do you agree or disagree with that statement?
0: No, one hundred percent. You know, so many times people come to my office and they're like, my, you know, whatever is not going well for them and stuff like that, and. I'm like, where's your farm? Where's your database? Like go back to basics and they, no matter how many years they've been in the business, it always blows my mind when they're like, they, they kind of turn their head like database, database. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like what that database consists of. I mean, and I'm guilty of that. I went to my mom's house the other day and she still has a landline and I answered it. And it was Susie from Century 21 calling my mom and I was like, "Mom, how did this person even get your information?" And she was like, "Well, I went to open house and I filled out this form, and she had these really great cookies, and we exchanged cookie recipes and I'm like, <laughs> so when you say people are coming for your for for you and you know think about how many agents get their license every year i I did it I didn't know what I how valuable my thought process was until I was in real estate for a little bit because I started with my neighbors. My first listing was the house next door, right? And the way I got that listing was the guy knew, the guy knew that I just got my license. I'd only had my license like three days, he knew it. But I said, who is the expert of this street that I've lived on for 20 years? Who is the expert of this corner that I've lived on for 20 years? And he couldn't argue that he had met with other agents, but he couldn't argue with, I was the expert of that corner. I'm the one that got the stop sign put in. Uh,
1: okay. I'm going to pause you right there. Cause we, we framed up two things. We said, own your relationships or a farm, your database or your farms so where today we're focusing on the farm side, which is hyper-local. You cannot get any more niche down than this corner, I put the stop sign in. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, we're not telling you guys to make a business around a single corner. There's not enough trans, there's not enough transactions in one corner unless you're working a different type of corner. But we're not going to go there for this show, right, Mitch? But
0: but what, what but what <laughs> not today? <laughs> what <laughs> depends on the market. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> but what's a farm for you? How many houses? How many houses do you feel like you need in your farm?
1: Are you asking me? Yeah. I think it depends on agents goals and how much money they want to make in their price points. Right. I knew a guy who's down in a Newport coast down in orange County, which the average price points, eight to 10 million. And his farm is, he has two different farms. One's 118 houses. The other one's 81 houses. And he's sold in the last 15 years. He told me he sold the majority of those houses five and six times.
0: And he makes a really good living. And he loves his neighbors. And he's like, that's makes, a farm. It, it makes a great living. And yeah. is there any way that, you know and that's the thing too is i'm like well where do you live and, and agents like i live here but my farm is seven cities over right how does that make you the local expert you know we we, we know that the top two reasons people hire agents because they know them and they trust them right but what's number three you're a local expert and it's something that a website can't duplicate and it's something that your're you're, unless it's your neighbor <laughs> that you can't duplicate. Look, I knew this going into real estate, but then I was, oh, i'm gonna I'm gonna go over here because someone told me that this this neighborhood's gonna flip sooner and I'm gonna go over here and I kept jumping around trying to be everything for everyone. and then the person across the street sold their house with another agent.
1: How'd you feel when that happened?
0: I mean, for 45 days, I felt miserable, right? (laughs) Like every day I had to park in front of this other person's sign. Um, And this was someone I had known for 10, 15 years, but I wasn't working that person. I had just assumed that when that person sold their house, they were going to use me. Right.
1: So so, so let's frame this up because I want to give people some, let's give some actionable tips for newer agents, experienced agents. And I want to give them a frame of reference on you, you. You have done a lot of things in your life. We can't possibly cover all of them in a single 30 minute podcast because you have an incredible history. You were, is it okay to, to, to talk about the fact that you were a stand up comedian at one point?
0: <laughs> yes, it is okay to talk about that.
1: I mean, it's too late now. It counts out about it. He was like a stand up comedian. He did things in the world of venture capital, financing, entrepreneurship. I mean, he's done all across the board. He even owns a cafe in the town where you work in your farm. How hyper local is that? But most agents can't go out and buy a cafe just to be that local. Where where did you start this journey and where would you recommend they start? And then we'll go into some more kind of advanced stuff.
0: Well, I started the journey. So when I first got my license, obviously, like I said, before I got my license, I started working on my database. And I was just going through my cell phone and I was like, everybody in my cell phone, I, if I didn't have their address, if I didn't have their, uh, it was filling in the blank, right? I knew I needed their physical address. I knew I needed their email. I had their phone number. So I literally just went through my phone line by line by line. What I learned, learned really quickly was one of my first, uh, my I think this was my second listing was I was going through and I was adding that. And I got to my daughter's high school water polo coach. Right. And I had talked to this man in four years. And when I called him, he said, yeah, my dad needs to sell his house. And, and what I realized, and I had, I did this all the, the, the long way because I didn't watch podcasts. I didn't read books. I thought I knew everything there was to be in business. But then I was like, wait, he's not my customer. The people he knows is my customer, right? So by going hyper-local and getting back to, I realized when people, when I was showing that house next door and people were doing open houses, they're like, man, you know a lot about this neighborhood. I didn't tell them I was the neighbor. But I was like, this, I go to this grocery store and this is why. And Susie you know, is the checker. I didn't even need to know a lot about real estate because I knew a lot about the city I lived in. And what happened was people would call me and they would say they were coming to their own conclusions what I was a professional on. So, for example, it was a craftsman house that I was selling. So people were contacting me because they're like, my friend says, you know, a lot about craftsmen right and so so don't focus on what is in your farm focus on who those people in the farm know because you can impress them because you are local and then they're going to start re- they're going to start referencing you to other people so knowing that and having this connection on this very local level and telling people people would walk into these open houses and I would be like this isn't the house for you and they they would take a step back, but you know, I just, and I would show them another house in the area or I tell them where another house was there. And when I didn't have a listing in my farm, you better believe if somebody else did, I was begging that person to do their open house. And so there were times when, when I was a new agent, people would come in, they would go see one open house on Saturday and then they'd go see another open house on Sunday. And it was the same face.
1: (laughs) Your face. So, so okay. I want to stop and break this down because I get texts occasionally not as often as you, uh, um, as you would think, but you know, Hey, I'd like to hold your listing open. Okay. And usually it's a single text, not a phone call, not in anything, just a Hey, like sometimes they're nice. Sometimes they're just straightforward business oriented. Like they've cut and paste the same text to 20 people. When you said you would beg for an open house to walk me through what that looks like. For those of you who are new in real estate, you're like, first of all, I don't want to do an open house. Get over that. If you're trying to dominate a local farm, get wherever you can. That part's obvious. But how would you, how would you beg and get these open houses?
0: Well, I told the truth. I said, uh, I saw your, I saw your listing and I live in the neighborhood. I would talk about how long I had lived in the neighborhood and that, you know, I would be honored to, to, to host an open house for these people. The thing that I found was the longer that the house was on the market, the faster they were to yes. (laughs) It wasn't the first open house or the second open house. And everybody's like, I only want to do the first open house. Right. Um, but as a new agent, it was important to me. And like I said, I, I established myself as the person in the neighborhood very quickly because people would be like, people started asking me, like, well, why are you doing open houses? Why are you doing open houses for houses that you don't have the listing? And it was awesome because I would be like, well, I represent you. I'm a buyer's agent. I, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have them... I wouldn't have them scared to talk to me because when they walk into a, a, a listing into an open house and it's a listing agent they feel like the listing agent's trying to sell them that house and my thing is, is i'm not trying to sell you this house i'm trying to sell you this neighborhood and that would sort of like open their idea to working
1: well let's unpack that for a minute because i've gotten to know you decently well when you say you're trying to sell them the neighborhood are you actually trying to sell the neighborhood or are you just passionate about where you live? And are you just excited and the selling comes naturally?
0: Because I, I, I think- I think it's more of that. I think I think down when it comes down to it, like That's I've, I've lived in my home 20 years. I have a craftsman house, as you can see, I'm in my dining room, <laughs> um, and- if, uh, if you didn't
1: like it, you wouldn't live there. And so when you right. like something that much and when you care about it, you're just one of these naturally outgoing people. Or actually, let me ask, are you a naturally outgoing person?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, okay. I think we all have those moments where we kind of like pull back, yeah. but, um, that's, that's in my private life, probably more so than in public In public. I'm very like, how can I help coming from service? You know, the person who taught me realist, I went to an in-person real estate school and the person that taught me how to pass the test actually taught me a little bit about real estate during the process as well, which is rare. And he had said, if you come from service, if people can see that you're coming from service and that you're not selling them, they'll, they'll hire you every time. And you know that your guidance counselor told you if you if you have the job that you love, you never did work a day in your life type of cliche. And that's the thing, I love my neighborhood. I love where I live. I know a lot about it. I can say my kid goes to that school, this park does this. This is the street that all the trick or treaters go down. And once you've, once you've established that with somebody, they're not going to go with it. They're just, they're going to see that passion. They're going to see that drive and they're going to want to be around that because the number, look, confidence is attractive. Someone who's confident, someone who goes into a situation and what are you the most confident about? Typically, you're the most confident about your home, where you live, where you grew up. So keeping that hyper local, I think too many people try to be too many things to too many people. And they don't know how to say no. I think one of the hardest lessons I had to learn was walking away from the listing, for example, when I was like, we're not a match.
1: So, so now we're turning into some of these more advanced things that new agents or advanced agents could, could participate in. I don't know if I've ever walked away from a listing in my career. I'm probably a glutton for punishment. I probably should have in hindsight, how? What caused you to walk away from a listing? Was it outside your your hyperlocal area, or was it not a personality match with the seller? What, what was it? They, like?
0: they wouldn't agree on the price. Uh, you know, in this marketplace, we don't we, you know, pick your prize. But <laughs> okay, it
1: wasn't in this market. In this market, it doesn't matter, right? Guys, those <laughs> right, of you listening, but, it is it is currently November twenty third in twenty twenty one. If you are listening <laughs> to this currently. Listed at whatever price does like I've listed things. are like I want five hundred thousand higher. You're listed it sells. Who knows? Okay, right, you're talking about right. in a in the normal, in normal market.
0: market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I was like, listen, we're gonna sit on the market for a long time. I'm gonna invest this money, and you're not trust. You don't trust me. That's what this is what it comes down to. You don't trust me because I'm the local expert. I've sold X amount of houses in this neighborhood. I've showed you the comps we've had these, we've had two or three conversations and you're still insisting that this random website knows the market better than I. do.
1: And so once you turned it down, cause I want to unpack the emotion behind that just for a minute, because it sounds liberating to a lot of agents listening. I guarantee they're like, wow, I can do that. Or I've done that. I get that. If you're watching on Facebook, drop a comment if you've ever turned down a listing, right? Curious. Um, did you immediately feel better and just move on? Or did you kind of look back and monitor Like what, what are they listed for? What did they sell for? How'd that go for you emotionally? Oh, I monitored it like crazy,
0: right? And when I saw that the, the agent that took it, I kind of giggled, right? Because I knew who it was. And sure enough, you know, 30 days later was the first price reduction. And then there was another price reduction. And then that agent was fired. And then another agent came in and I giggled. I knew who that agent was too. Um, and they tried to list it for the original price before he had done the price reduction. So it went horribly wrong then too. And the guy ended up not selling
1: wow. so he wasted
0: two agents. He wasted two agents, money, time, energy. Yep. Countless, you know, when you do a price reduction, there's countless screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and then never ended up selling the house and so it was one of those things i was able to leave that meeting confident because it was in a neighborhood that i knew i knew what the price was and had i been outside of my local area he may have convinced me to just take the listing i was hungry at the time
1: so, so, so how, how big a farm, we never answered that question. How big a farm should an agent have if you're talking, cause like how many homes can you actually know inside and out the value of?
0: I think that a good place to start is somewhere around 200, 200, 250. I think that is a good place for a new agent to start and actually talk to each of those people. That's, that's, a, that's a, that's a bigger undertaking than people think it is. It is. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I always tell new agents, it's a race to 150. It is a race to 150. Because if you don't get a sell in the first couple of months, you just start to lose, you know, all motivation just sort of goes out of the board. What do you mean? What do you mean a race to 150? 150 people. You got to make contacts, physical, talking to, eye-to-eye contact with 150 homeowners is cool quickly as possible you should be wearing out them tennis shoes in in your neighborhood get a dog walk that dog keep a note of every house when someone's out watering their lawn stop talk to them and, and right
1: and, and mitch this is pretty i'm gonna say old school. But I also know, cause you were on last week with with another guy, right? With Mr. Mr. Callie, he does a lot of new school approaches. So clearly this is it, your entire strategy is not just this, but you combine some new school, old school stuff, or is it all the above? Or is it, is this it's, enough? Look, Can you just look, go it depends on face? where you are,
0: depends on where you are in your career. How much money do you have to spend? You know, Mr. Callie spends about $30,000 a year. I've seen his book. He spends about $30,000 a year on print ads. Do you have $30,000? What I'm saying is a brand new agent. You're a brand new agent. You're when you when you first get your license, what's your number one insecurity? They're gonna know that I'm a new agent. They're not gonna pick me because I'm a new agent, right. So, so so how do we get around them? Well, how long have you lived in your neighborhood? How long have you lived in that town? How long have you lived in that farm? And if it's not and if it's not where you live currently, where did you grow up? Where do your parents live? Right? Pick a farm that you know and know it, right? I host at the park right down the street i'm the one that has the shred machine there on yard sale weekend every yard sale weekend only cost me a couple hundred dollars i'm the one that has the shaved ice in august right so so people walk up they know me they they see me in the streets they see me at the grocery store so when i walk up to their door they're like they think that we've already met because they've seen me in these other places right <laughs> exactly. and so
1: Absolutely. That's what I love because it's it's a race to 150 as a new agent is zero budget. But if you can add in a couple hundred bucks here and there, you then become omnipresent.
0: Everyone is everywhere. When you go on these masterminds on Facebook, for example, you always see, I have $200. Where can I spend it on leads? Right? I'm like, throw a party. Use that $200 and throw a party. Invite all your neighbors. <laughs> well, how
1: about how about this for team leaders listening? To this because there are a lot of people that, that listen to our podcast that are into leverage. What if you got a bunch of agents on your team to each start a two hundred age a two hundred house farm, right? And you, as the team leader, provided the infrastructure support and guidance to help them do that. Like, there's all sorts of ways to take this concept and leverage it, where it's not you actually out knocking the doors. But if you're brand new, get out and knock the doors and, and throw the. If parties. you're brand
0: new, if you're brand new, you got to knock on doors. Yeah. You, and you don't have to physically knock on. I'm six foot three right? People don't answer the door, (laughs) but I made sure that I walk my farm pretty much once a day and someone's watering their lawn. I actually talk to them. I get their name. I get their phone number. I get their information. We have a conversation, right? Um, and then I know, okay, who's your, and then I ask them, Hey, who's your neighbor? Are you friendly with them? And have them make the introduction to the neighbor. I know the names of all 15 houses on my street. I know that, I know that there's 15 of them. (laughs) I know the names of every homeowner. And so, so that the the guy across the street and, and I'm doing, and I'm a team lead. (laughs) I'm still doing this old school stuff because I refuse to drive down my street and see someone else's sign again. (laughs)
1: Like you guys get that Mitch runs his own team. He also is a team lead of an office, but he, he's still doing this himself for his own business. And because he's humble and hungry, that's, those are the two. I mean, I would, I, I don't know if I would use that to describe you in general, Mitch, but when you're talking about what skills or what qualities do a newer agent or an agent who's growing their business need, I think you need this at every phase of your career. But do you agree with that? Come humble, come hungry.
0: Yeah. You know, because any business that's stagnant is dying, Right interest rates go up, inflation, businesses have to follow the trend of going up. Because if they're flat, they're dying. You're dying. Once you've gone, you know, flatlined, something needs to get pumped up. Knocking on doors, talking to strangers is not comfortable, but it's a necessary thing to prove that you're the the local expert because here's the thing too when i talk to my neighbors i hear things that i'm not going to see on the news i hear little tidbits about you know what's coming up what 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 they feel about you know there's a reason that when someone runs for city council in my district my yard's pretty much the first one they go to <laughs> you know because they know that i i know a lot of my neighbors and that i i, I keep it hyper local. i i tell agents all the time that come in my office and they're like well i live in upland but i have this buyer in whittier and i'm like refer it out what (laughs) and i'm like refer it out like why are you driving so far away from home to represent a buyer refer it out you know if you have a listing maybe but you don't know whittier co-list with somebody it's
1: I think it really depends on if you're going to refer it out and then use that time that you would have spent to go generate some other local business.
0: That's the thing with leverage. It's too many times people use leverage as an excuse to go to the beach. Right? You still got to run your business. You know, I tell my children, I tell my children from a very young age that on the back of your birth certificate, in invisible ink, you owe this world 40 to 60 hours a week. It's not, no one talks about it, but it's there. It's on the back of your, it's on the back, right? So whether that is 40 to 60 hours a week in school or 40 or 60 hours, you know, working, you got to put that in. And In actuality, how many agents actually put in that much time into their business, especially in lead gen? And that is your business. Your business is lead generation. If anyone tells you real estate, something else, stop talking to them, just walk away. It's lead generation. That is your business. It's making connections and and, and putting those people in your database and following up on them. That is your job.
1: But that, how you just phrased it right there, that's what I wanted people to take away because you already got there with lead generation. What lead generation means is making connections. That can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Use your natural skill set. Use your personality. You may not be a connector the way Mitch is, although anyone can learn that skill. Mitch just happens to be really good at it because he likes it. I think. Well, really- we,
0: when we're talking about new agents, too, play your dues. Follow the follow whatever agents in your office that's selling the most. He better get the biggest Christmas present, <laughs> or she. That's usually she. <laughs> it's probably a she. Let's be honest. It's usually a she. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but follow them. Tell them how much you admire them. Feed into their ego so that they. Allow you to do their open houses. That they allow you to be around them. Learn your craft. Having these conversations, knowing your scripts takes time, but learn your craft. Too many times people come into here and they want. To be, I want to be the top agent, and they're going to buy a bunch of leads, and they're going to they're going to show you how they've got this new website and they've got this other way. But the wheel is always round, and it always revolves around lead generation. You're either gonna pay for it or you're gonna work for it. Which which type of agent are you gonna be?
1: Yep. And and, and I'm gonna keep reframing lead generation to be. Making connections because I've heard the term lead generation for years, but it wasn't until you just said, because I've heard you tell your stories of how you do this, how you run your team, what you do locally. It all revolves around connections. When you said race to 150, I knew what you meant, but I wanted you to, to, to unpack it, right? You're racing to 150 connections. That's lead generation time.
0: True connections. People like authenticity. People like confidence and authenticity authenticity so you can't just be like you want to sell your house you want to sell that's not a connection it's not a connection right i can pay someone in india five dollars an hour to do that for you The, the issue is is that you need to go out meet people have a conversation i always tell people when they come into my office and their sales are down i said you know why your sales are down you're a secret agent nobody knows you're a real estate agent You don't, you don't make a connection and making a connection is asking somebody what they do for a living and take interest in what they're doing before you give your pitch. They go first. They're the customer.
1: I was just going to say, so you naturally, I don't know if you develop these skills. We only have like two minutes. This might be a topic for another time. You and I have a lot of similar skill sets. where to make a connection, we intuitively know, or we've practiced to know that it's about asking what the other person wants. That's how you make the connection. If you are a realtor that doesn't really like people, I don't know why you became a realtor, but there are a few of them out there. Is it okay to focus on, I need to at least learn about these people so that I can protect the values of my neighborhood? Like, what do you tell people who don't like people but are in real estate? What do they do?
0: If you think of the smartest people you know, if you think about a conversation with the smartest person you've ever met, they asked you more questions than they gave you answers. That's the sign of somebody who cares And that somebody who is intelligent because they know that they don't know the answer, but they're asking you, (laughs) right? Ask questions, make a connection and keep that, keep that database, keep that information. So the next time you have a conversation with this person, it just, it's a layer, right? I learned a little bit about you today. We're going to add a little bit. I learned a little bit more. I'm going to add a little bit. And now you've had friendships. I'm like, Real estate agents are just popular. That's all. Good real estate agents are just popular. They're just nice people that throw great parties. I mean, that's what a great real estate agent is.
1: But they're they're probably like, I was never a popular kid in high school. I don't know if you were. Certainly
0: not. Right. I, was, and, I was six foot three and you know, this spindly little tiny swimmer nerd. Like, and, and so when, when, when you say
1: popular, what I think is you're just a, an authentic person that is genuinely cares about others. That's what makes you popular as an adult,
0: right? My my greatest my greatest achievement was when an agent was when someone I helped buy their house then invited me to their wedding. And I was like, oh, like this is a real connection. Right. This is, this wasn't just me doing a transaction and moving on. This is a real connection and they've given me three or four referrals. Right. Because I, because I'm not, this isn't a customer. This is a, this is a relationship now. And, and you don't need a lot of people to be successful. You don't need this giant 5,000 person database. You need 200, 200 people that will pick up your phone when you call.
1: That's Mitch. Zach, by the way, if for for post-production, I'm going to give a little editing note. The clip when Mitch just talked about the smartest, conver- ask the smartest person you know and think about that conversation. Can we edit that into a clip? I just want to listen to that over and over, Mitch. That, <laughs> seriously, that was, everyone go back and re-listen to this, go rewind that section. That is the nugget And everything else and what you just said at the end. Those two things, if you just internalize those at a truly deep level, you will master this game of real estate. Um, I'm going to let you think of one sentence to wrap this up. We're going to at the bottom of the hour, so we will wrap it up here. Guys, we have one more agent power huddle this week. It's going to be tomorrow, Wednesday. I am going to be teaching on elite client experience squads, elite client experience squads, kind of another take on leverage and the anti-mega team, right? So no mega teams. We're going to talk about how to get really laser focused and employ, still employ some leverage. Um, Mitch Stein, thanks for being here, man. This is I'm so like, I'm just <laughs> grateful. This is fun. This is a fun conversation. I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. What's your, uh, any final thoughts?
0: Uh, just, you know, get out and make those connections. This is the time of year. This is the time of year that the connection should come naturally. Like be grateful and just show up, be present.
1: Yeah. There you go, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. By the way, check the Facebook feed, Mitch. Fran Lucci says she loves this. We got Judy and Zach saying in the, uh, in the chat box. Thank you. Thank you. So grateful to all you guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day.
1: Great day guys. Happy Thanksgiving.